0: Hello, everyone, the youth, I68 youth. How are you guys doing? Great. So I wanted to share about something today, and it's probably going to be a shorter word. I don't know if we can do worship after that. If it's possible, should probably should have asked before, <laughs> but uh, it's hard to tell me no when I have a mic, right? <laughs> so, um, so, I want to talk about this this thing called imposter syndrome. Who knows what that, what that is? What? Imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome? Yeah. yeah. Like I can I can talk about it a little bit about what it is and why I'm talking about this. So, imposter syndrome. It's uh, when somebody has it. It's something um, when when a person can't inside themselves. Like even if they have some achievements, even if they have done something good, they can't. Um, you know, their inner being, in, their inside of them, their heart, their mind doesn't agree with that so they don't accept the fact and then they have a fear of of being uh you know proven or being found out like they're a fraud they are always having that feeling even if they have uh, even if they're if this this is real what they have is real they will still have this feeling that they still have this fear that somebody will expose them and will say that oh you have you you know this is not true about you even though you know it's like Uh, there are some people that have imposter syndrome that uh, have PhDs, right? And they are afraid, they have this fear that they will, um, that somebody will say, that will prove them wrong that they don't have a PhD. And it's like, well, that's not the case, right? It's like, it's 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 kind of a fact. You have the paperwork, you have people that have confirmed it and signatures and so on and so forth. Why I'm talking about something like this? I think, in christianity christians do have imposter syndrome and what i mean by that is that there's often times in our lives when we we know some things but we don't we act like they're not true we act like our faith is not true we act like the bible is not true we act like those all those things are not real and a few things I think are crucial or critical for us to know that they're real, to understand that they're real, to, to, to stand on. Because if you don't, then how can you, how can I, like, how can I argue with somebody? How can I tell anyone? How can I testify to anyone? How can I even believe myself? How can I even pray to God if I don't know that he's real? Why would I do that? Right. So let's, let's go through some of those things that I think are extremely important. And I have three of them. So the first one is that God is real. Have you heard of, um, have you heard of a term called design argument? No? Okay. So whoever uh, you know, did some, some, like, tried to figure out how do you, like, if somebody asks you, how do you even know that, you know, what's the proof that God exists, right? So there is, not, there is no proof that God exists. Like, you can't go to a place, there's no, you know, there's no um, certificate of uh, of birth or certificate of God's existence or something like that. There's, that doesn't exist, and there's a good reason for that. If you want to know what it is, I can tell you later, but um, but uh, what, does, what we do have, like, people easily believe in atheism, right? People believe in different religions, and the facts that they used to believe that, are a lot less verifiable. They're a lot, a lot less um, steady and firm, and a lot less accurate than the facts uh, for Christianity, even even and for for God's existence and for you know atheists. Uh, sometimes when you when you really press and you bring up these facts, they say, "Well, maybe there is somebody who you know started this whole thing and you know kind of kicked off the Big Bang and stuff like that." So there's they start like branching out into different answers. Um, but it's very easy it's very easy to if you if you look at the Ray comfort does it very well he he uh he takes a book and he gives it to an atheist he says can you like if I would tell you that this book, you know, just you know, fell from the sky and then formed pages? A uh, you know, piece of wood fell from the sky. It formed pages. You know, it became had became a, got a hard cover. Uh, the paint started falling onto it, and then it arranged in a way where there were words, and it had you know beautiful paintings and uh, you know and kind of like paintings of things. Would you believe me that this could happen? And you know, everyone says, "Of course no, This is insanity." And and then he goes, so how can you believe that this world just came out of, you know, a Big Bang, right? So that's the same thing. You, you, it's very easy to understand that somebody had to set this thing in motion because there are so many things that are precisely tuned where we can't, you know, we can't survive, right? There's, um, if you look at some, like, there are different drugs. There's, there are, like, uh, steroid drugs that, you know, you, some people need to take sometimes. I had to take them. And when I had to go and find out what I was taking, I was taking 10 micrograms. I think it's micrograms, from what I remember, or milligrams. But still, it's like, it is so minuscule, but it changes how my body functioned. Like, it, it, it completely, like those bites back then when I had, you know, I had to take steroids for it. And it's like, it's like nothing in that pill. It, you know, you could sneeze that out and not notice. Um, I mean, I didn't sneeze out pills, but uh, <laughs> but I'm talking about it's so small. And yet it can affect your body. There, poison. If you look at how much poison it takes to kill a person, it's so small and it kills a person. If you look uh, in 2014 or 15, there was a bacteria in, um, in the Gulf of Mexico. Anybody who would get that bacteria like if it had a cut or something like that, if they would go into the ocean, like there's thirteen or, or fifteen people that died from it. It paralyzes your nervous system within like eighteen hours of you catching that in, in a cut. And that's something that you can't even see. And and when you think about these things, there's such small things can affect um, can kill us very quick and then you start thinking about atmospheric pressure you start thinking about the weather you start thinking about the oceans the gravity you start thinking about how fast this i mean if you think about it we are we are i'm just you know remembering this from my from the memory but we are going 60,000 miles around uh, around the sun and i think we are the earth itself is rotating at 1,000 miles an hour and and none of us are, f- are afraid of flying out of off of this earth Right, it's crazy. the sun, if it would be a little bit closer a little bit further, would either burn or freeze, and it's specifically this particular planet not not none of the other planets in our solar systems, a system that have the conditions to live to live here and I mean, if you look at them, I think ours is the most beautiful from from afar. if you look from the uh, from the space it's most beautiful so uh, these are just some of the things that I'm just remembering from from the top of my head, but there's tons of things that prove that somebody created us, and and we know who created us. And if we look in Romans one twenty, it says, "For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." That verse speaks to what I was just talking about. It 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 talks about how you, if you just open your eyes and see, there's. Plenty of information to believe that God exists, and we know we know that it's Jesus. Why? Because if you look at the prophecies that were before Jesus, and if you, one guy did the math calculation and he said it would be equivalent for all those prophecies to come true in Jesus Christ, it would be equivalent if you would fill up the state of uh, Texas. I think it was to three feet deep, and then you mark one uh, with quarters, and then you mark one quarter. And you drop off somebody from the uh, from a from a helicopter or airplane, and they the first quarter they pick up will be that specific uh, quarter that you marked so the chances of this being an accident are like not there right it's, it doesn 't fit any any math models and then so understand that all those prophecies to be to come true you know it it has to be it has to be. God who prophesied about, who sent prophets to prophesy about Jesus. So we know that God is real. We understand that. It's, it's very easy. If you are not biased again, against God, it's very easy to deduce that God exists. And then who that God is, is Jesus. And then based on that, if we go next, the next thing that I want to talk about is your salvation is real. Why? If you look in Romans ten nine through 10, it says that if you can, if you confess... With your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Of course, there are many things that go into salvation. I'm not, I'm not simplifying it to this. Um, but there is there is a caveat. Some people say, you can just say it and not believe it. You can just say that prayer and, and not really be saved. But then it says, with your heart, you got to believe. In your heart, you have to believe. And that thing is something that you just can't do lightly. I mean, you can say the words, but you can't believe with your heart just on a dime, you know, just like to uh, just to make that happen so that you get the ticket. And, you know, with God, we know that it's you can never trick God. You can't like make yourself feel and then say the words. And then now you have the ticket and then you can do whatever you want. Another one is 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 14. Says, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of things be made for, for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Look what it says next. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And not all men, all men like in humans, like people, not, not just the males. Um, so God wants all people to be saved. That's his desire. He wants that. So these things, if you combine them with the previous one, that God is real, and that your salvation is real, that means that now you have the path to be with God. Now you know that, now you know the God that, that, that made this possible, Is real, he exists, it's he's true. And now the salvation that we have, he said that God said that if you believe, if you confess him, not just with your mouth, but also with your heart, then you will be saved. Amen. Amen. So the next one that I want to talk about is about God's love. In Romans eight, thirty-eight through thirty-nine, it says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who was Romans written by? Paul Paul. Apostle Paul, right? Do I do I need to remind you everything that he has gone through? He's He was, you know, he was stoned to death once he was shipwrecked multiple times his heels were crushed uh, I think five times so they're him 39 beatings and usually they uh, consider that 40 beatings is, is to kill a person so that he got 39 not to kill him but just to punish him and he said that he spent he spent um, he spent uh, the night in the in the ocean and, and many other things that has gone that have gone through his life and who knows how many times he was arrested right we don't even know that that's probably like a daily thing cost of doing business as an evangelist is you're getting arrested you just go to this city you get arrested that city you preach you get arrested so that's like there but this is the guy who is talking about God's love that he, that that there's nothing. That can separate us from God's love. He is the one who experienced that. Uh, with he, he, he the one who experienced that in jail. He, he, is the one who experienced that when he was arrested, when he was in the ocean, when he was beat, beaten, when he was stoned. He had, he knew that God's love is real. He didn't put that there without a reason. He put that there for, for you know on purpose. And you know what? I'll say this: people live. There are people that can live for those who love them and, and i'm not I'm not kidding there's there are wives and husbands that live for each other when they truly love each other not I'm not saying you know I'm not talking about the bias where you're just living for each other but a godly couple they can they when they know that there is God's love in each other for in them for each other there's so much you can do there's so much you can you know you can adjust you can say I, I don't really I really like Marina and I. Honestly, sometimes we have um we have a, a not not a, I don't know what's the word, but like we can't decide what to do because we don't want to do what we want to do. I'm like, what do you want to do? She goes, no, what do you want to do? And then like, you know, I have to just make a decision. She goes, she says, you're the man, make a decision. So I make a decision. I was like, let's do this one. And then she goes, what about for do this one? <laughs> <laughs> and But you know, it's it's a funny thing, but it's just like. There's so many times, of course, there are times when I am selfish, uh, and and I try to work on those, but there's so, most of the times, you just want to do what the other person wants to do because you know they love you so much, and you really want to give them everything. You really want to do everything for them that that you can do. And with God, why that's important with God is because if we don't realize this, very often we walk in our life and... We have a successful day, and we're coming into our prayer room. Even if we do, right? I, I'm hoping that we all do. We're coming. We're like, okay, now prayer is going to be awesome because I did this well, I did that well, I handled that situation right, I told that person about Jesus, and you know, and some other things. And we're like, that's it. Now I'm going to be praying. Now it's going to be good because you know I can feel God's love and everything's fine. And then there will be other days. When you feel like you didn't haven't done, maybe you got 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 irritated. Maybe you couldn't didn't you woke up late, didn't even have time to pray or read the Bible, and then you just blaze through your day. At the end of the day, you're it's late. You have a little bit of time, and then you come to pray to God, and then now you're feeling bad to pray to God who created you, who saved you, and why is that? Did God's love change? Did did God's love change when? He, uh, when Apostle Paul was in jail, when he was, uh, when he was bitten by the snake, when he was stoned to death, when people hated him, did God's love change for him? Or when, when he was preaching and people were getting saved, when he was establishing churches and things were good, did God's love become bigger for him or better or more accessible? It didn't, right? It was the same. God's love was the same. But that's the only thing I found it personally in my life is when you have, when you know that God's love for you is real, that there's nothing that can separate you. And when you read Apostle Paul, and there are many other scriptures, but when Apostle Paul, who went through so many things, he says that God's love, we cannot be separated from God's love. There's something to, I mean, you can trust that guy. He has some credentials, right? And when you think, when you start basing your actions in this life on God's love, when you know that it's real, when you know that the God you believe is real, when you know that you have been saved, so that means that you will be with Him, and your salvation is real. And then when you understand that it's not only that He gave you the ticket, that He gave you the path, that He gave you the the, the, the ability to be there, but He has a desire for you to be there. That He loves you. That He wants you there. It has to, those even those three things have to do something in us. And they... The thing that they should do in us, I think, and and I believe, they're you know, they are describing the next couple of verses. First one is in Habakkuk two four. Did I say it right? Habakkuk. Okay. All these cool names. Um So in Habakkuk Habakkuk. I'm going to just say Hab, the, the shirt, the abbreviate. <laughs> Prophet Hab said um, in, two, in chapter 2, verse 4, in the second part of the verse, it says, The just shall live by faith. How can you live by faith? Right? As if you believe these things. If you don't believe these things, you're not going to live. But once you know that God is real, that your salvation is real, that it's it's real, that you're going to be with Him, that's the reality, that you will be with Him, and that His love for you, that He loves you, is real, you can live by that. I mean, I can live based on those things. There are so many times in my life when I understand i'm not i'm not sure if i have done enough here if i have done the right thing there maybe i haven't prayed enough maybe i haven't read the bible enough. and and we're all trying to push harder on that that's no question like we're all we should be that's part of our life to be figuring out more what god wants us to do to do more for god but this is not about just doing i mean i just want to understand that this is not just doing i mean that's important that's that's gonna come but if you understand these things you can go through whole life you can go through the whole life for him because that matters who loves you and and the fact that he loves you matters too you know what i'll tell you this if um if somebody comes around and just you know and and gives me like a million dollars and they just despise me if they hit me on the wrong like at the wrong time where i feel like listen you know what you know you're having this attitude and giving me a million bucks you can take it and leave now you know like there are times when you can be so despised with somebody that even when they will try to give you a million dollars you're not going to want to take it from them because you just don't want it but then there will be times when somebody like you know my kids they bring me uh, different things um and uh, some of them are very interesting Uh, when they bring it to you you're like like i don't know you know i don't know like I don't even know what this is, but it's, it's so precious because they love you. They bring it out of love. They bring it with so much, you know, with so much interest in, in just giving that to you. And, and you're like, you understand that there's something else. And when you combine what God gave us, which is like absolutely endless treasure, the salvation, I mean, the, the, the chance to be with us, to be with him to be to to be reunited with him and be with him forever if you combine that with the love that he has this is just the best of of both of those worlds I mean you can't have anything better you know than having than having this treasure of being saved and living eternally being with God and then knowing that he wants that he wants you he loves you and he has you in his plans so All of those things we have. And we can live by faith. But then. What does that do to our life? Right? How is our life affected by this? In Hebrews 12. 1 through 2. We read this. It says. Therefore we also. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us. Lay aside. Every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. I want to talk about these two things i want to stop and talk about the parts of this of these verses first let aside every weight there are multiple things in this right and sometimes we have this i I don't know if you've ever experienced this but i feel like you will if you haven't yet this weight where it just where it just comes down on you and and the devil starts telling you you're not gonna make it or god doesn't love you it's just your imagination come back to these things you can come back to the reality of god the reality of his love to the reality of our salvation and we can come back to that we can drop that way we can say listen this is not true i'm not gonna listen to you i have something to stand on and if you if you dig further you're gonna this is gonna become more and more real for you every day if you're gonna be spending time in his word and praying and spending time with god these things are going to get more real and more of these truths are going to be, are going to become real in your life. Then it says, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, it's not that the sin is with time, like when you just come to God, I understand, you know, you're going to be having a baggage, right? You're going to be dropping things, you're going to be cleaning things off and that's understandable. But later it's, you know, as you progress, the sin, you can't, you know, it's, it's not going to be catching you easily, right? Well, like when, what's, Maybe what I was fighting when I just came to church, that's not a problem anymore. Not because, you know, I'm so great, I'm so big. Definitely that's God's work. But it has to be a progression where you are, where there's less and less and less of the flesh. But what it says is, the sin that, which so easily ensnares us, the sin once committed, once made... It, it catches us very easily it stops us easily because once you get that once you have sinned it stops you easily and of course there's forgiveness but i'm just saying it's not that the sin happens easily in our life but once it happened once you've made it it easily keeps you down it easily keeps you back and, and let us run with endurance the race that is said before us So run in a race I I don't know who you know. I know that there are some people who are natural runners, and so you have to imagine something more than like five miles. But if you ever try to run five, six, ten miles, or run an an hour, I don't know who finds that easy. Like it's not easy, right? Vasya was talking about it recently, so especially if you are not in shape for running or like you know even if even if you are even if you don't have extra weight it's still hard to run like even try try to walk five miles anyone try that by the time if you're not ready if you haven't been doing that by the time you are done you feel like your feet you you know you can't bend them like you can't you just want to sit down and even sitting down hurts so running the race is not easy Especially if you're like on a treadmill in, in, a, you know, in, a, in a gym that, you know, that doesn't have very much fresh air. And you, know, you either don't get air conditioning or the air conditioning is blowing right at your back. You know, like in the wrong condition, it's hard. But what it says next is looking. Run the race with endurance that is said before us. Looking onto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That, that thing is what's going to keep us running. When you have a goal in your mind, like if you start, for instance, if I start listening to a sermon when I'm running, there are times when I will run 30, 40 minutes I won't even notice. Because my eyes, my mind is on something else. On something else. And, and in our case, it's something that's so real. It's on God who's real. It's on salvation that's real. It's in, and it's in His love that's real. So when you're on, you're not going to, you're going to lo- notice a lot fewer inconveniences. And it says the author and finisher of our, of our faith. So he's the one, he is the one who started our faith, who authored it, and he's going to finish it. He is going to put the end in our book. He's the one who will put the end in our book. And it says, who, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, that Jesus did the same thing. He was looking at the joy before him he was not looking at the cross he was not looking at the at the shame and at the misery he was looking at the joy that was set before him at who was who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame look at that i don't know i know you are you guys getting excited about it i'm I'm really excited about it you can see because i can reread the whole thing and get very very uh get a smile on my face but it's like he had joy set before him. He endured the cross. And then it says, he, despising the shame. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So for us, maybe that's different. Maybe we're not going to be sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. But we're going to be with God. And personally, like I think at the right hand of the throne of God, that's a little bit too much responsibility. It feels like. Uh, unless, unless God uh, made you for that. But just being there with God is is it just 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 making it there. Uh you know, not just like squeezing by, right? I'm not talking about that, but just the fact that I can be there in the presence of God and then nothing there's really no sin, there is no flesh. There is nothing in this world that 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 you know that can trap you down and bring you down and that's it. You've made it. Now now this is the, 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 the real vacation. This is the real Relax, chillax, whatever you want to call it. This is the real deal. You've made it. This is, that's what makes all the sense. But what I want to... to, to I mean, if everything else you forget, then the two things I want you to remember, is that God is real. Our salvation is real. His love for us is real. So that relationship is not with an imaginary friend. It's not with somebody who we have imagined who's somebody who's more real than, than the air we breathe. And, it's, and it's, it, it exists. He exists. And our relationship is true. And then the other thing, the, the, like the second thing that I want you to remember, is that not only is He real and our relationship with Him is real, but then when we are going through these things... When we're going through this life, when we're running this race, when we're giving up things, when we're turning away from certain stuff, when we're going through, maybe when we're even going through the shame for being Christians, when we're going through some persecution, though I can't call our persecution persecution, but it feels like that. You know, somebody said, you know, you're a Christian and all of a sudden we feel persecuted. That happens, right? Um, Look at the joy that's set before you. Look at what's ahead of you. You have a real reward waiting for you. And it's not from somebody who is just giving it to you, you know, like, all right, have some of it. He wants you to have it. God wants you to have it. He wants you to be there in heaven with him. Amen? And let's, um, let's get ready to worship. Let's get ready to pray if we can. That's all I had. But this is not all God had. For us, what I want us to do is, when we when we stand up to pray, when we start praying, if if God, if you don't feel that God is real for you, be honest, please, because I know a time in my life when when God wasn't real for me. I I know what it feels like. I know when you know I couldn't pay attention. I couldn't pray for some time i couldn't pay attention during the sermon i i read the bible but you know i really like like just reading the parts where there was a lot of war and stuff like that because that was like an action but but everything else was hard to read and overall i was i was maybe following somebody i was doing i was doing the church thing because others were doing the church thing or my parents would drive me to church or maybe I was working at church and, you know, I kind of, that was one of the requirements is that you had to be a Christian to be working at church. There's, you know, there's, there are different situations, but if you, if you, until you realize that God is real, until you realize that you are, that there is a path, a narrow path, but a path into heaven for you, and that it's not just, it's not just given to you, like throwing down to you and, and you know, you want to do it, have it. It's not thrown on the floor for you, but God has it for you. He loves you so much that He wants you to make it there. And when you're going through this life, you realize that these things are enough. These things, you know, that's what will captivate you. That's when you will be thinking, "Okay, I have this good thing. I have this blessing. God, is it from you? Is this for you? What, what's what's like? What do you want me to do with this?" God, I have I have my family. Where do you want me to lead them? God, I have my job, what do you want me to do with this? God, I, I have a day. What do you want me to do with this? God, where are you seeing me? You're gonna have that, you know, there's there's gonna be a purpose in your life. And you're gonna never gonna come to a point in your life where you're gonna be wondering, what's the point of life? What's the reason? What's the reason you're here? You're not gonna have times i mean maybe there will be hard situations in your life i'm not saying that it's going to be all you know pink and rosy and and just the good things are going to be happening in our life but you know for guys pink and rosy is probably not good but still it's it's not not always going to be sunshine right i know sunshine is not good for somebody also but there's like it's not going to be always exactly what you want how you want it but You're going to know who to run to you're always going to have a way out you're always going to have your refuge place and i i'll i'll tell you this there's not a better thing in life than having a way out when there is no way out there is you know when you are if you're like drowning and you're suffocating and somebody gives you oxygen you this is this you give everything at that point for that for some oxygen if you're stuck somewhere and you're drowning, you're out of breath, and somebody gives you that oxygen, there is nothing else you want. And, and this is, God is our spiritual oxygen. And you, you have to realize that. Because otherwise, you're going to be having, you know, it's like you're going to be having these symptoms in your life, like when a car is broken and nobody knows why, it's like this is broken and that's broken and that's broken. Something's always broken with that car, but you don't, you don't know how to fix that. That's how life is going to be. You're going to try to chase for a career or a job or a family or a girl or a boy or house or some vacations, some trips, anything else. You're going to be getting those and then you're going to be like, oh, something's wrong. That, that wasn't it. And you're going to try to fix it another way and then you'll do it and then you'll realize that oh, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. And the whole life is going to be about fixing problems that you could not even have in the first place. I know it sounds like so remote maybe to somebody but to somebody i know it's very close and i just i just want to tell you if you want god to become real to you tonight come up front just just come up front leave leave your seat leave you know the person that you're comfortable sitting with or maybe where you feel comfortable sitting with or maybe you even feel just comfortable sitting and not coming here become uncomfortable, come before God. If you will ask Him, if you will sincerely ask Him, He will become real in your life. He will show that the reality of Him and the reality of salvation, the reality of His life, love, is bigger than anything else you you know in this life. All right, let's start praying. Let's turn off the lights. Let's close our eyes. Let's stand up and if if you want, we'll pray sometime. And you feel like God leads you up front here, come here. Don't don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't don't be ashamed. Don't don't be afraid to be the first one. You know, sometimes when you're the first one, you, you might help somebody else come here. So you know, be the be the hero. But but as God, if you I I I, I like it's not even me who promises you this, but God promises you. He said said that he will come that the one who seeks him the one who loves him the one who wants him he will come and he will dine with you